Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. So there were more workouts with Tom Brady at Berkeley Prep. That's right. This one with Rob Gronkowski and the quarterback son of a Hall of Fame player will tell you who that was. And Daniel Berger beat Colin Morikawa on the first hole of playoff to win the uh, Charles Schwab Open in Fort Worth. First PGA tournament in three months. Some star-studded players there dropped off at the end. Hey, a letter from Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred to New York Yankees addressing the 2017 sign-stealing investigation. Yeah, uh, that one probably should be unsealed, according to a New York judge. One former Yankee player has told how the team cheated And the Major League Baseball Players Association has asked baseball to just set a schedule for the 2020 season rather than counter their last proposal from the league. We're going to have baseball or not? Players just want them to tell us when and where. We've got all that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Before we get started, Steve, shout out to my daughter Alexandra, who is eight years old today. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, how about that? Happy birthday. Don't get to say that much. only got three kids, but uh, yeah, the days are long, the years are short, so don't blink. Don't blink at all. The big gifts, this is the age. This is the perfect age. Like eight years old, they're kind of getting to be, you know, they're still little girls or boys, but they're kind of getting to be big girls and boys. So her her request was a very, very lifelike baby doll, boy doll, because she knows mom is done. We're not having any more children. And mm-hmm. and But the other gift was she wants an iPod. So she's okay. kind of like, wait a minute, doll, and then and then we're going to move on up to some electronics. So that's just kind of in between. But, yeah, my my uh, yeah. sons uh, today started saying so. We we got an Xbox as this uh, as the uh, quarantining started. Just uh, give oh, them yeah. some, some extra stuff to do, and they can play online with their friends and and they play with their uncle sometimes. And so today right. it was. Well, we want a, a PlayStation and a Switch too. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Let no, me make the, that the list. Fine, you're six and four. You don't need all three, <laughs> right? Yeah, no. We, we we they know about all of them. So in yes. in, in time, but uh, there's Christmas and there's birthdays and there's other things down the road for that. But yeah, it, it's uh, it's really something to watch them grow and and do these things. The other thing that's happened is is that um, and I think I've talked about this. You know, with uh, with us uh, having the shelter in place for so long, um, the one the one unexpected sort of delight in all of it is that they've had to be resourceful and do what amounts to not zoom conferences with each other but like you can get on these games and you can actually um for lack of a better term facetime one of your relatives like in Mm -hmm. uh, you know they have cousins in chicago so they've actually this is something they didn't do very often they facetime on birthdays and things like that but now it's almost daily they have daily interaction now Mm -hmm. playing different games roblox whatever it is um, while they're while they're talking to them for for like hours on end, which is cool because they're they're you know they're building relationships with their with their relatives and their cousins, and that was something unexpected. And um, you know that's what that's what this has all forced us to do is stay home and 
find other ways to communicate. Yeah, so we've been doing game nights at most nights after dinner. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like tonight, I taught my boys how to play Yahtzee. Perfect. And so you know, it's we a were, great we were game. Playing that, and yeah. um, the other night we got a game. Uh, my my mother sent Quirkle. I think it's called. It's mm-hmm. kind of like dominoes, and it's really cool. But kids mm-hmm. are really enjoying that and playing those games. So we've been. You know, board with, games, with, card games, yeah, yeah. With, I'm not working nights anymore as far as going to games at this point, and so we're home every sure. night for dinner, and it's been great. I mean, that part of yeah. it's been great. I mean, there's a lot of it that's not, but yeah, the family game nights, all that's really a, a blessing in disguise. So uh, take advantage of all that uh, while we can. That's that's been something that's been fun. I thought this was interesting. We'll get into Major League Baseball, which a lot going on, or maybe not any enough going on there, except for uh, some revelations about the New York Yankees, which is ironic. Um, but I wanted to start with, uh, this happened, I guess, late last week. Apparently, uh, one of the news helicopters, I think they share them, a couple stations. I want to say Channel 10, maybe Fox 13. Not sure if I got that right. But um, they went to flying over Berkeley Prep. And lo and behold, this is breaking news, Steve. The Buccaneers and Tom Brady were working out at Berkeley Prep. What? Yeah. Shocking. <laughs> yeah, it was. Was to them, I'm sure. I wonder if they saw the helicopter. I, I wonder thought, if they, they saw the rotors going up there or not. I thought their cover was blown. <laughs> well, yeah, they they apparently they didn't lose their practice field, which I, I'm relieved to buy because I was sure that that, that might be the result. But um, they were different days, at least, which is interesting. So, yeah, they got a shot of these guys, and uh, even though it wasn't quite as clear as some of the ones that you may have seen published in the Tampa Bay Times, Word was that Rob Gronkowski was among uh, the many that were thrown with Tom Brady, which is good. Now, we expected this, right? I mean, he has come down here. Uh, his mother, I think, lives in uh, Fort Fort Myers, I want to mm-hmm. say. Yep. And so he's been to Florida. I saw him. He was there you know, on the Ellen Show one day, so we know he's been around, and that makes sense. So Tom Brady, you know, a couple weeks after the golf tournament, of course, with Phil Mickelson and Peyton Manning and – you know, Tiger Woods is is back at his day job and working very hard at these workouts. And, um, you know, I, I think this is going to be – I think people will be – well, how do I say this? They're supposed to come in with a quarterback camp, maybe a rookie orientation July 15th if everything goes well, uh, training camp around the 21st or 23rd, somewhere like that. And so I, I really think that Brady is a guy that's going to figure this out. In other words, there a lot of players now – you know, are are thrown to their teammates and things all over the country, obviously. Um, but I, I think having 20 years of experience, we talked to some coaches about this, is that even though the players are different and the offense is different and his, his teammates are helping him through some of the terminology and things like that, the work that they're getting, and it's probably as much or more than we even realize, is something that, you know, Brady will know how to navigate what is – an unusual circumstance with no coaches and not being in a facility the entire off season until maybe just before training camp. And, and I think that's why, you know, the teams that have been together now, this one has not, but you still have, you know, an iconic six time Super Bowl winning quarterback. And after a while, football is football. If that makes sense. I mean, no, he's not in new England and, and he doesn't have Bill Belichick. Maybe that's what he wanted at this point in his career. But he does have a really good football players around him and an understanding of the game and a way to communicate that because he's had a lot of teammates. Now he has new teammates, but they're very talented, and they're going to listen to him. They're going to do exactly what he wants them to do. And so I think that all this work that they're getting um, 
you know, because of his experience, because of all the situations he's been through, I think this is going to help them more than it'll help some other teams. And I think, I think people will be surprised how far along he will be when and if they, they start to play the regular season. I really don't think, yes, there will be a transition. I'm not, what he's trying to do is really, really hard, but I think they got the right guy doing it. And it's interesting that, um, you know, more and more of these guys are going out and practicing. And, and I think that, um, you know, having Gronkowski obviously is just an added bonus because he can now take OJ Howard. He can take, you know, Cam Brait, even Mike Evans and those guys and, and sort of, you know, explain to him exactly what it's like to play for Brady and, and, and what he's looking from them, um, you know, in order to do stuff. And, the other thing that was uh, part of the, the news over the weekend with respect to these workouts was, I guess, on Saturday, and Brady tweeted this out, or I guess put it on Instagram, that uh, he has been doing a little coaching along the way as well. On Saturday, uh, is, is it Shedur? Is that how you pronounce his name? I think Shedur or Shedur Sanders. Um, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, I'm sure. But the son of, of the Pro Football Hall of Famer, Deion Sanders, uh, who is a uh, who's a quarterback in his own right in the uh, Dallas Fort Worth area, four star quarterback. So he got imagine this now, you get to work out with Tom Brady like that's that's something that I think you probably have to that, that they paid what about a, about a million dollars for in the in in the All In Challenge or something. Yeah, but, it was what eight hundred fifty thousand? Uh, I think it was. Just yeah, for a workout. Well, and if you're Deion Sanders, you get to just call up Tom and go, yo. Uh, mine working out with my son and so he came uh from texas to to berkeley prep and and you know before or after or during um you know was was uh was doing a little coaching which is really cool and this is something that i guess he's done in the past with um with some teammates like uh you know david uh terrell and um you know different different guys that he's had throughout the years but uh you know i didn't so, i didn't so, realize tom brady could channel his inner bill belichick yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're just we're not on we're not just on to Cincinnati. I mean, he's he's actually helping guys out there. And so uh Sanders had a post on his Instagram. First I saw Brady's and then Sanders came back and said, you know, there's things in life that a father can't teach a son, but God always provides a way. If there's a will, uh at Tom Brady, I appreciate you. Uh love the man, the father, the athlete that you are. This is next level type of stuff. And then he quoted Proverbs. Um and then, you know, I just think that, you know, it's it's really cool. I mean, it's just that, you know, guys around the league, that fraternity um, can call upon each other and, and, and help kids out. I mean, he's played – I mean, you, you think about the generational difference. I mean, he's played 20 – this will be his 21st season. And so, so many players that are in the league now, you know, they were boys. They were little kids watching him play when he was in the NFL. You know, mm-hmm. and some of these guys, you know, going into college and and uh, and and the old man's still out there getting it done. And what boy, what better guy to learn from? I mean, some of these guys were he, year or two or three years old when Tom Brady started. Yes, in the NFL. yes, yeah, he was winning Super Bowls when they were just mm-hmm. they were just toddlers. I mean, it's an incredible thing. And so and and, and many of his teammates. I mean, you know, he's got twenty something year old teammates, and he's been in the league as long as they've been alive. So, um. It's really incredible that he can still relate to those guys, and that that just shows you that you know football is football, and you know um, he's found a way to to communicate and gotten really good at that as a quarterback. And so yeah, it was interesting. But uh, 
so sorry about you know more revelations that uh, the Bucks are yes indeed working out at Berkeley Prep. Their cover is blown, and um, the interesting thing is that like they must have had a flight plan to. Because what I found out about is that that stadium is really close to the airport, and you can't like you can't even fly a drone over there. Don't think it wasn't considered. No, you can't. But yeah, you, you can't, can't fly a drone near an airport. That that yeah. is against the law. So I mean, to have obviously, I think they're up there doing traffic anyway. Um, those stations in the morning, mm-hmm. I think they may even share one. So maybe yeah, there's a couple stations by. that usually share those. Those the, the yeah. cut the cost down and they share the cameras and right. But they they were out there on Saturdays, so that was kind of cool and. Um, you know, as far as live sports goes, and we'll get into baseball here in just a minute, uh, was interested to watch what was the first PGA uh, event in like mm-hmm. three months, right? Yeah, it would be yeah, yeah right around yeah, three months, almost, yeah. Yeah, and uh, star-studded field going into the final round, and it turned out to be extra holes there. Uh, Daniel Berger beat um, Colin uh, Morikawa on the first playoff hole. I, it, this was uh, – it was – you know, you had so many people that were up there, Justin Thomas, and I mean, you know, just, uh, you know, kind of a kind of a who's who of uh, of golfers, and then down the stretch, you know, Bryson DeChambeau and Justin Rose and Jordan Spieth for a while, and Roy McIlroy fell off, uh, and then, you know, it, it comes down to a playoff hole, and Morikawa lips out a three foot putt for par that would have sent it to the next playoff hole, and that's how it ends. Um, there were four other guys who were tied at 14-under, including um, Xander Shoffley, who he lipped out a three-footer on 17, and that put him one shot behind the leader. He'd have been in a playoff. Uh, but it was, it was you know, I, I didn't think that golf, you know, golf is one of those sports where you see the galleries, you, you hear the roars, you know, different parts of the course, and the golfers certainly hear that. And they feed off, they feed off the crowd much like any professional athlete or entertainer would. But 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 as far as the telecast goes, you know they're, they're tight shots for the most part, or they're following the golf ball, um, and and so there was tension in the competition. But even the players said it was very odd, you know. To it was almost like a qualifier, you know, like a like when you go to get your card, right, or uh-huh. U.S. Open qualifier or something. When it's it's just you know you could literally hear tee shots from all around the golf course um going off because there was there were no galleries and then the other thing that you forget is that because you have galleries right some of the some of the rough and some of the you know the stuff off outside the fairway gets trampled so you get better lies and things like that and you also have sort of a sort of a stadium view of things right i mean mm-hmm. they, you know the crowd or the gallery can kind of kind of funnel your your eyesight a little bit um, and I don't know if that affected the golfers or not. Some said it was, it, it, it may have, you know, I mean, they're, they played so much that well, they practice know, enough there without not. people in the, the, yeah, that they're, they're used to just executing shots, but it was different. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, I didn't think it would be, I, I guess I was thinking it'd be more like a little like racing where the car is the sound. So, so the but television didn't pipe sound. in the guy yelling, get in the hole on the par five, 600-yard <laughs> hole right. that they're hitting the drive on. Get in the hole! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you didn't have the guy, like, looking for the, the shutters on the cameras to go, you know, start going on his backswing and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but it was, it, was a, it was a great – look, it's great to have something live. It was great to have the PGA back. And I guess they're going to keep these guys – Pretty much quarantine. I mean, they're all going to get on a charter plane now and go to the next tournament, I suppose. Um, and if you're going to go home, then you got to be come back and be tested again. 
Now, Tiger Woods didn't play in this event, and you know, at some point he'll have to join them, in whatever he chooses to do. But, um, but yeah, it was uh, it was really fun to watch. And by the way, Bryson DeChambeau, how about this? You think you had a, a nice time during your COVID, uh, you know, during your COVID period when it was stay at home? Mm-hmm. This dude did like five protein shakes a day. I don't know how many calories. Worked out like a fiend and put on twenty pounds. I mean, he just blew up like since the last time we had golf in the last three months. Do we need to test him? Or? Well, I don't know. I mean, it looks like it's food. I mean, he kind of it's not like the most like I don't know if it's all good weight necessarily, mm. but he's got he he looks. I mean, he he looks kind of like a football player. I mean, and, and the interesting thing about golf, of course, you know, with the swing, you don't want to affect you don't want to affect the swing because of the size that you've mm-hmm. or the girth that you've added. Um, but he did it intentionally. It was not. It was something he thought he wanted to do, and he and now I guess he's leading the PGA Tour in in, uh, in longest drives. He's hitting it like three hundred thirty something yards off wow. the tee, and he takes maybe the hardest swing I've seen since Tiger Woods, or maybe even harder. It just it comes out of his out of his shoes when he hits this thing. He's all about power now, and I don't know if he can maintain it. I don't know if he's going to wear down as the summer you know as it gets hotter. Like I said, he put on an awful lot of weight very quickly. Well, I just watched and, Martin McGuire and Sammy Sosa in Long Gone Summer, and they didn't wear down. I mean, <laughs> no, they didn't. Well, that's the great thing about steroids, and I'm not accusing Bryson of anything. <laughs> but, you know, um, it's just weird to see a golfer do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, you know, Tiger Woods was maybe one of those first guys that, you know, you could tell, you know, the physical conditioning was big to him and, and, you know, the body started changing on the tour a little bit um, and and that sort of thing. But I've not seen a guy, like, intentionally say, I'm going to get huge. I'm going to get big and I'm going to get strong and I'm going to hit this ball farther than I've ever hit it before and farther farther than anyone on the tour can hit it. I would think you know? that, and, you know, I'm not a professional golfer, but I would think that if you want to add that muscle and, and, and get bigger – you don't want to yeah. do it so quickly because it drastically changes your game. I would think you'd want to, you know, I know you want to add, you know, five pounds here and five pounds there and, and right. build up to it. Not learn to adjust not your body. Th- three right? months yeah. off, twenty here's twenty pounds and everything's different. I, I would think that it would be a- harder to 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 do well. And he did well at the tournament, so I mean, yeah, I would that, uh, kudos to him because I would think that would be hard. I would think you'd want to ease into it a little more. I mean, as far as. Yeah. You know, you've got your swing, your professional golf. I mean, because everything changes. You know, when you start hitting with more power, it affects everything else. And that, Absolutely. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. No. And he, lo- and he looks he looks like J.J. Watt. I mean, I'm not kidding you. The guy, the guy, you know, he's got traps on him now. I mean, it's just, it's really bizarre to see. And um, just the transformation in, 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 you know, eight or nine weeks. And yet he was out there and had every chance of, of uh, you know, he felt just one shot off the lead. And had a, had a putt himself, I think on eighteen, maybe lipped out, or he would have been in the playoff as well. So it was really, it was an interesting tournament, and um, and I, I think it's going to be fun to watch him the rest of the way. Now, in all candor, there's a lot of people that put on twenty pounds during this quarantine and COVID nineteen. <laughs> yeah, not good weight though, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've tried to go the other way, man. It's been hard, but I've tried to go the other way. Um, yeah, I, I I think that's that's something. You know, when we all get back together, it's going to be funny who we recognize and who we don't. <laughs> um, hey, so how see you? Oh, uh, hey. Very healthy over the... Uh, baking, was it? Yeah. Cakes. Okay. Yeah. No, baking is good. Right. You cooked, cooked a lot. Yeah. 
I get it. Sure. Uh-huh. It just happens that way. So some people, you know, some people tell you the things you can't find these days, uh, the bicycles you can't find. Like yes. The, uh, Workout equipment, kid, bicycles. Wor- yeah. Anything like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it, was, it was weird. How it started with the toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. That was the first thing that all of a sudden you couldn't find anywhere. Yeah. And then paper towels and anything paper. Yeah. yeah. And then it, then it went to hair care stuff like clippers. And, oh yeah, and hair coloring and stuff. That I mean, yeah, you know, I I think it was the CEO of Walmart or one of those was like, yeah, we're in the hair color part of this uh, pandemic now. Of you know, it's yeah. been several weeks and people aren't you know realizing I'm, go not to gonna, the I'm not going to the salon or the barber. Yeah, yeah. That I need to get this at home and all that stuff was out and yeah, you know, but yeah, then it went to workout stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know some of the Lightning players were having trouble getting equipment and such like that because everything sold out because um, right. a lot of these guys don't have gyms at home. Uh, particularly, no. you know, a lot of them that live maybe in a townhouse or a condo mm-hmm. or renting an apartment, they don't have a gym at home. I mean, they work out at the arena, they do all that stuff. So, you know, there's lots of scrambling for lots of hockey players, and I'm sure it was the same for other sports too. That, yeah. You know, um, and just people in general. You know, I'm sure Pelotons went through the roof and and things Peloton like that. stock has been great. Yeah, I mean, it's it's knocked it out. And then you talk about the grocery store. The other thing that you can't find, uh, at least initially, was Apparently, people are buying and well. There's two things: they're buying and eating a lot of pasta, because that's in in demand apparently. And then bake bake items. Seriously, people mm-hmm. were baking more and trying to find flour and, yes. and uh, different things was was really difficult. So, I guess when you have time, you make cookies. I don't know, cakes, cookies, whatever. Well, it goes back to that twenty pounds. <laughs> exactly. So bright. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> we know where all that all those cookies went to Bryson DeChambeau, who. Um, who put it on, so. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Oh, that was interesting. Okay, so let's get into baseball a little bit. Uh, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the cheating? Or you want to start with where baseball is in general? Wasn't it funny when the Astros cheating scandal came out and sign stealing scandal came out? Which team was the most vocal? About- uh... Let me think. The Yankees. <laughs> yes. Ding, 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 yeah. ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Guess who was stealing signs in 2017? I'm just going to spitball. The Yankees? Apparently. It'll be yeah. interesting if we get to see this letter from Commissioner Manfred to the Yankees that mm-hmm. a court has ordered to be uh, unsealed, but uh, there's time for an appeal and et cetera. Yeah. No, nah, it's 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 really interesting. Um in case you didn't hear, uh, there's a judge, uh, Jed uh, Radock, or, uh, Rat, Rackoff, I should say. Um, he made the ruling, and uh, as part of the proceedings of a suit being brought against Major League Baseball from the sign-stealing scandal, um, the suit was filed by uh, Dra- uh, DraftKings players who said that um, they were defrauded by the actions of the Astros and the Red Sox. Um the judge dismissed the broader case, but he also, um, you know, said that they should uh, they should 
released this letter, basically, from Manfred to Yankees general manager Brian Cashman. And, of course, it's interesting that both the lawyer representing the Yankees and and baseball really don't want this out. Um, they really don't want that letter. So I they're fighting think so. It. No. And, you know, what's going to come down to is, is that you're going to find out, even though the Yankees weren't given any sort of punishment that we're aware of anyway, um, you know, that – that it's pretty it's pretty revealing. Whatever's in that letter is going to be revealing with respect to what the Yankees did. Now, if you're asking yourself, okay, what did they do? Well, former Yankee Mark Teixeira talked to Joel Sherman uh, back in February with the New York Post. And at that time, what Teixeira said is that, and he was he was with the Yankees from 09 to 2016. He said, look, we, you know, we, we use, you know, technology for some old school benefits. For, for stealing signs, and that um, they would use replay monitors to sort of decipher a sequence or an indicator that they would then share with team, teammates. It just wasn't in real time. They would go back and look at the videotape. The runner got to second base. He was told to check the catcher, um, you know, and see if they were keeping the same signs. And then, you know, the runner could alert the hitter or whatever. But they they use replay to do that. Now, you know, from what we understand about the Astros, it was in real time with the beating of the garbage cans and things like that. They could relay it um, as it was happening. But man, oh man, <laughs> that's you know the evil empire. Um, you know, the house that Ruth built is 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 a glass one apparently, and you probably shouldn't throw stones at it because. Uh, and we knew this going in. Remember, Steve, when they were saying like, "There's probably more than just the Houston Astros mm-hmm. doing this." Uh, oh, yeah. absolutely. There was no question that the Astros weren't the only As elaborate as that scheme was, there was no way they were the only ones. Right. And it seemed as if, to me, there were a few players, obviously, and, and it started with a player that used to play for the Astros that kind of brought attention to this. But there wasn't like this giant chorus of, yeah, they're cheating. We've known it all along. And another thing, what it was sort of like baseball, uh, the players and the teams were kind of sitting back going, oh, okay. <laughs> let's let's not comment on this right now. Yeah, there was a um, few. The Yankees were one. The Dodgers were another one because yeah, you know, I've, and obviously the Red Sox the next year they faced them in the World Series for two straight years. Yeah, um, so the, but for the, the most part, yeah. the other teams were kind of yeah, quiet. A handful of players here and there, but yeah, it was yeah. kind of a yeah. We don't want to open that can of worms. Sure, felt like that. And, and I think that's exactly it. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Is that your house isn't clean, and you know. Boy, I'd love to. I'd love to read just what's in there, and, and hopefully, you know, I mean, we'll get a chance to see if this, if this judge uh, does release this, um, you know, this this memo basically from Manfred to to Cashman. So that that's pretty interesting in and of itself. As far as baseball goes, so we got another memo from Manfred that we saw. Yeah, uh, and the union has rejected it, and, and I mean, look, I I at this point. I'm not very confident that they're going to actually have a season. And, and and I know that, you know, it seems like the players have basically said they've thrown their hands up, so we're not responding to every proposal. Just tell us when and where we're going to play. Make make that schedule, you know. And it's still a complete mess because, 
first of all, baseball doesn't have to do it just because it's been asked by the players to do it. You know, they could just say, no, we, you know, we want to collectively bargain this thing. We have issues we need to discuss. You guys aren't really countering proposals with us. That's not good faith negotiating. I mean, they, they don't, just because the players say make the schedule and tell us when and where, they're not beholding to do that. Um, although Manfred has said he's 100% sure there will be baseball, I don't know how you could say that because there's a lot that hasn't been worked out. Like, you know, I know that the league has come out with certain safety protocols, but all that stuff has to be approved by the union somehow. And, you know, when do the spring training start? Um, you know, how many games, all that stuff. I mean, baseball, you know, they, they can just say, you know, we're starting on this day and here are the protocols and you got to follow them. I just don't think it's going to go this way. I, I, I just think there's, there's too much vitriol. They're, they're talking, they're talking around each other, not talking to each other. They're, they're sort of like just talking about each other, if that makes sense. But if baseball, and, if baseball comes out tomorrow or today, uh, which is mm-hmm. what the players would like an answer by. Right. But if they come out today, tomorrow, and say, okay, here it is, 50 games starting this day, 60 games, whatever it is starting this day. Report, ends this to, day, report spring training on this day, yeah. practice two weeks, yeah. There's a lot to still overcome with protocols and that, but mm-hmm. are the players w- really willing to risk at that point the optics of saying, for reasonable considerations, no, we're not playing because we haven't agreed to this protocols as long as everything's re- – I mean, you know, like I said, if something's outrageous and you absolutely won't succumb to. But, I mean, once the schedule is set out by baseball, are the players really going to – I don't know. Say no season at that point because of – I don't know. You know. Like I said, assuming that the, the protocols or the, the disagreements are reasonable – there's reasonable accommodations to be made. Yeah. I don't know. I just – I think there's a lot that has to be done here, and I, don't, I think that, you know – this doesn't seem this doesn't seem to be real, and it doesn't seem as if they could have done this from Jump Street if they wanted Rob Manford to tell them how many games and when they were playing. I know the whole you know we want you know if we if we play fifty games we want want to get our salaries for fifty games. I get all that, but you know owners are still have been dug in about look if there's no fans you know we need we need some money back, and it doesn't seem like they're going to get it. And then backed up against these this situation are some bad optics when you have this story released that, you know, baseball is, is got a future agreement, I guess, with the Turner network. Um, and they do baseball now with them, mm-hmm. but, um, that, that, that deal, that package for a number of years will go to, uh, it could, could net them as much as a billion dollars a year. And so, you know, they made 10 billion in revenue a year ago. Now, major league baseball is saying that because of the, the you know COVID nineteen and the lack of fans, perhaps their revenues might only be about two point seven five billion this year. Um, but players don't believe that number, no matter what numbers they put out there. They're not going to give them their books. So you know the optics of this agreement with Turner Network couldn't have worse timing. You know as far as the public goes. Well, it, it couldn't be worse timing unless you're trying to force the player's hand. Exactly. Um, you and I were talking about this before we started recording tonight, but the optics are horrible about it. And granted, the deal wasn't a billion dollars a year for the Turner thing. It was, I think no. the, it went up from like $325 million a year currently to somewhere in the $400 million range a year. But over the course of the contract, it's over a billion dollars. Right. And granted, that's a huge increase, but it's not, 
it's not as big as everyone as some of the headlines make you believe it is but that's correct but it's bad optics in in this case when you're negotiating unless you wanted the players to just say fine tell us what to do and that mm-hmm. way you get to play your 50 60 game schedule whatever you want yeah and because you know the players weren't coming off there we're not playing for less than a you know 100% of our prorated salary mm-hmm. if if you're convinced they're not coming off that which it sure feels like that then they wanted the players to just say, fine, do it. Tell us what to mm-hmm. do, we'll be there, which is w- what it's come to now, which the owners at that point will say 50, 60 games, which seems to be you know, about what they're willing to pay out this year. That's about a third of their salaries, which right. is every deal that the, that the, the owners have proposed. It's about the same money, You were getting right? about 33% of your salary. Right, I mean, right. Whether it was 80 82 games and you cut back your salary or 50 games and you get your full prorated or exactly. the 70 game. I mean, it was every one of their they proposals. Had a number. Yeah, every yeah. one of their proposals mm-hmm. was essentially you're getting a third of your salary approximately. Now, some pl- the right. one had the scale where certain players were going to get less and others got bigger percentage More, based, yeah. on, you know, based mm-hmm. on how much you made. But the total number that the owners were going to be spending out of pocket was going to be about a third of what their salary was. Right. No matter how many games it was. So, you know, basically it was to the players, they were saying, how many games you want to play? This is all the money you're getting, period. Mm-hmm. And the players have said, we want as many games as possible and we're getting full prorated salary. And and that's what we agreed to back in, in March is what that's that's their take on this. So, And that might be the realization by the union that, that, that this is what's happening. And so they want to put it in Major League Baseball's, you know, court like okay you want us to play tell us when and where i mean basically in a statement on saturday night tony clark who's the the union uh boss uh in rejecting the latest proposal said quote further dialogue with the league would be futile it's time to get back to work tell us when and where uh-huh. and we'll see if baseball does that and if they do then we should know something soon right i mean don't you think within a day or so that that manfred will take him up on that he seemed confident when he said well we're going to have baseball one way or the other well, it could. I mean, you know, here's the thing. The longer that the owners draw this out, the shorter the season will be. Mm-hmm. So the players so have, get demand, to their number the players have demanded an answer today on right. tell us when and where and we'll be there. Right. That doesn't mean the owners have to do that. doesn't mean they're going to get one, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we're pretty sure that the union's going to file a grievance as soon as baseball announces the schedule, particularly if it's really short compared to the amount of time from when you start to end. If it mm-hmm. feels like you could get more games in there. I mean, the players sure. want to go the regular season through October. The owners are saying, no, absolutely not. We're going to end the regular season when it's supposed to end because the owners want less games. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what Manfred's going to do today, but the longer he waits, the shorter the season is, which it seems to be what the owners want out of this, is that right. they don't want to pay more than 33% of the salaries for the season. And, and right. whether, whether they're making money or losing money, I don't know. And, we, and in baseball, because mm-hmm. there's not that revenue sharing and, and the union and the owners don't have a rev share agreement that determines salaries and caps and floors and, and that stuff, we don't know their economics. So I'm sure there are some teams that will lose money without fans in the stands, and there are other teams that will still be making money. But I don't know where the aggregate is. I don't know. You know, The players don't believe the owners when they say how much money they're going to lose, $640,000 or whatever for every game on the schedule or something like that. The players don't believe it. Whether it's true or not, I have no idea. Well, we might learn something more about it today, and uh, hopefully, um, you know, when that comes out, certainly we'll we'll talk about it on Sports Day Tampa Bay. As a matter of fact, 
we're going to have uh, Mark Topkin, I think, uh, yes. on tomorrow's podcast yes, and get will. the latest on Major League Baseball and where the situation is and what the Rays have been doing to prepare as best they can during this uh, uncertain time. And then later in the week, we're going to have Tom Jones is going to join us for a couple of shows, I believe, it's a couple of podcasts. We'll also do mailbag again this week. And, and you don't have to wait uh, for that segment later in the week. You can send us your mailbag questions anytime um, and do that on Twitter by um, just sending them to us at SportsDayTB is our Twitter handle. And you can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud or my email address is rstroud at Tampa Bay. Com. So it was an exciting weekend. we got a big week uh, ahead of us uh, planned for you. Hope you join us. We're here every Monday through Friday. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.